Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Kanse is literally holding the midfield by himself because Fabregas hasn't been relevant since the Egyptians ruled. Uh, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name's Daniel. Hi, it's your boy, Double H. Half the whole friendly fun exists. Champosic, Champosic, Champosic. It is here, 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 it is here. Because it's here. Uh, we do this podcast every Tuesday, guys. Uh, if you're not following us on social media, please do. Twitter, Instagram, follow us on SoundCloud, leave Apple Podcast reviews if you're on an Apple device. That'd be cool. We didn't get one in the past few weeks, which is unfortunate, but uh, no, 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 no reviews. No five star reviews anyway. Or oh, actually, one person gave us a five star, but they didn't leave a review, which is disappointing. Uh, but you know, we thank you anyway, whoever you are. Uh, yo, thank thanks to everybody uh, last week who like showed love for the for the talking tactics special that we put out. You look, know, Danny, don't don't be so thing. Look, basically, okay, no, let me. Okay, I'll 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 take it from here. It was all Danny's thing. Danny was a brainchild of the whole thing. I said it was a stupid idea. I said it was a dumb idea. I said, "What the hell are you doing? This is gonna be be crap." But Danny said, "No." He spent some months doing it, and I think well, we obviously Carl lends his voice. It's really should have been me, really, because I think Carl doesn't really have a sexy enough voice. So I should have actually added Ashley being the main voice, but that's fair enough. But still, you've got to give it up. I think Danny, for me, even if this is it was a talking tactics thing, I'm going to say it was a, a great, great job for you to persevere through months and months and a great brainchild. And I just think you know, should be proud of yourself. You know, it was very well done, very captivating. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I would like to thank obviously the the people who listened to it, the the people who helped us make it, and you know you could say it was me, but it was really like teamwork. So I want to shout out to the team. Like when I, when I got the beat back that have hoped it, I was like, oh, because I wasn't, I, I didn't know what to expect when I got the beat. Because like it, it took maybe five seconds for it to start. So I was like, this guy sent me a file with nothing in it, and then the beat dropped, and I was like, okay, okay, this this could work. So yeah, I want to shout out you for the for, for being on it for the music, obviously. Carl, I mean, Carl's not here this week. He's still recovering from an operation, but 
the patience that he had because I wanted to get it right. So there was much time spent on trying to get it right. So shout out to Carl for being patient and, and doing it um, in the way that I wanted. So, yeah, it was it was fun. Um, if you guys actually, if, if you liked it and uh, you have any ideas on what you want us to do the next time. So if you have a good idea for a story that you would like told, get in contact with us. Our DMs are open. Like, we're generally always on Twitter. At least one of us is probably always on Twitter. So um, if you have a good idea for a, a Talking Tactics special or maybe you think you could be on one, perhaps, maybe as a guest. I mean, if it works, it works. Uh, yeah, get in contact with us. Who knows what we could do for the next one. But, uh, yeah, just thanks to everybody who showed love. It, it was very much appreciated. No, no, no. You know, really, thanks for all the guys. And I think as, as, as well, like, Carl thing... Even as well, like, no, I just think I was very just surprised by the people that you got. I was like, wow, these guys sound like real journalists, you know, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah, well, you know, like our, our reach is, I mean, the, the, the reach of you and Carlos is pretty impressive, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm just a thug that just analyzes football, but I think I was very impressed by your, the kind of um, talent you were able to, to get. Yeah. You know, I, I reached out to a lot of people. But I'm I'm happy with the with the ones that we got because I felt like they helped us tell the story in a meaningful way. If you haven't listened to the Talking Tactics special, go back and listen to it. It's a it's an evergreen thing, which I think is something really cool because the the podcast that we're gonna do now and that we've been doing for a while, you know, there's Champions League football this week. There's mid there's midweek football, I should say, because of Europa League as well. And then there's next week's games. I think there's I think Everton might play Liverpool. I think City and United play next week. Like there's a whole bunch of things that kind of cut into the relevance of the podcast that we're doing now. But things like that, they should be able to stand the test of time if they're done well. Um, and I think we, you know, it was done well enough to where you can listen to it two, three years from now and it'll still have some sort of resonance. So yeah, go back and listen to it if you haven't. Um, you know, we should start with Champions League now that I think about it. So basically, so um, so t- so Tuesday is Juventus at home to Real Madrid, Sevilla at home to Bayern Munich, mm-hmm. and then Wednesday is Liverpool home to Man City, and I believe Barcelona home to Roma. So today's match is so everyone's gonna watch Juventus Real Madrid, right? <laughs> like, sorry Sevilla, sorry Bayern, but uh, everyone's gonna be watching Real Madrid Juventus. Uh, so your previews are up, so I can't ask you for a scoreline. Uh, what do you see happening with uh, Juve Real? It's, you know, like, seriously, I was struggling to decide between 1-0 and 2-1, man. But I'm I'm, I'm going to... My brain tells me 1-0, mm-hmm. but I'm going to roll with, with 2-1. Because this isn't 2015. In 2015, they had Momorata, and it would make sense that they would have... That they, they did go ahead and win that game. Um, and, I, and this team isn't as strong as that team in 2015, when, when they played Real. And I don't trust Gonzalo Higain. Um, this Real Madrid team seems to be getting stronger and stronger. I don't trust Gonzalo Higain. Um, and yeah, man, I just think that you know um, Higain is a is a brick. <laughs> I saw your your cartoon. <laughs> oh, it's you know, it, it landed safely, man. It landed safely, man. So it's, it's you know all 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 as well because people it's it's, it's not been fun for like years because that final was what in twenty fifteen. So it's taken like. Three years for the ball to land. So it, the the first legs in Juventus, right? Mm. I feel like that plays into Real Ma- Real Madrid's hands. Uh, unfortunately for like Buffon, I, I think a lot of neutrals. If you don't have a team in it, you probably root for Juventus at this point because most people love 
uh, Buffon, and he doesn't have a Champions League at this point. So it's like a cool story. But Madrid, there's no way they're not scoring. <laughs> Which is no, 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 no. Look, it's only like that's just standard minimum. Yeah, minimum. even Juventus, who are you would say the most defensively resolute team left in the competition, Real Madrid is going to get a goal, so at least one. Um, and then the second leg, you have to Juventus would then have to go play. Real Madrid, knowing they have to score at the Bernabeu, which then makes it easy for Gareth Bale, Asensio, Ronaldo. I'm not going to say Benzema because that's a whole different conversation, <laughs> but it's going to make it easier for them to play counter-attacking football if Zidane feels I mean, like he wants I'm to do that. I also remember like, Real Madrid, they're, they're, they're a lot better away from home than they are at home. So like, they're, they're, their fans hate them. <laughs> Cristiano feels more at home where he's sort of really hated I away. He's that kind of player that will score just to piss you off and to piss me off. So... Okay, so okay, okay, let me ask you this. What chances do you have of them doing three in a row, Real Madrid? If it's a classical semi, I think Barcelona win. If it's a Munich-Madrid semi, I lean Madrid. And then if Madrid gets to the final, like we say, I think they win. I don't know. It just depends on that semi-final tie, if they get Bayern or if they get Barcelona. Right. To be honest, like if they get Bayern, because they're so pissed off with how the referee you know, penetrated them in the ass with no lube, They'd want to revenge. So, <laughs> do you have to phrase things graphically in that way? Okay. Um, what's the other tie? Bayern, Sevilla. I mean, do you like, do you... so, so? I mean, Sevilla will give them a little bit of a thing, but let's just be real. I mean, Bayern should. I mean, look. I mean, I, I told you, Muller, man. Like the guy. I think Muller, Muller, just break this World Cup right record this this summer if he gets the. I've been, I've been saying this for the past like. Two, three weeks, or not two, three weeks, maybe like the past month, two months or so. Like, is there any coincidence that Muller's heating up ahead of a World Cup? I don't think so. I think like l last season, people were having questions about Muller's effectiveness. He's kind of fallen off. Is he, is he the player that he once was? Da da da. Now, this season started off a bit slow, but he's consistently gotten better over the course of the year. And I don't think that's any. There's any coincidence between that and a World Cup happening in but the then, summer. But then I so, ask you this: Would would he be playing this well if Ancelotti was still manager? Probably not. Maybe Ancelotti was the reason why he wasn't playing that well. And then you bring in Papa Heinkes. You see, uh, you know the the Muller of old in that way. Do you want to save what they did to Dortmund for later, or can we talk about this now? <laughs> no, 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 no. Save it, save it. Let's let's just deal with the Champions League because because I told you that's, that's you need to look up what a six nil is, by the way, in the lexicon. Um, that's um a sacrifice. Okay. <laughs> oh man, I was I I I didn't watch the game live. I watched it recorded, which almost made it worse because I was expecting to see you know. I was like, okay, let's, what 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 can uh, what can Mitchy do look, here? Look, 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 Danny, do you know do you know what it means when you you prepare a meal, you sit down, you get excited, and the game is over after twenty three minutes. It was basically a club version of what Germany did to Brazil in twenty fourteen, <laughs> minus another goal and Oscar scoring somehow. It was basically that. Like it was the game was done after. Wait, that, wait, 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 so it was four zero in after seventeen minutes. So. The Germany Brazil game. Ger Germany Brazil was five nil after thirty minutes. Jesus wept. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 
or maybe maybe it was was it 29 minutes it might have been 30 31 somewhere in there you know listen you know that is without a doubt the most infamous match in history that i will even go to say that is probably one of the most infamous shocking sporting games in in in, in sports I can't, I can't i don't think of anything more shocking than that in any sport <laughs> You know what? I, I I have to agree. I have to agree, man. And it, it was the, it was the way like Brazil came out with Neymar's jersey like he was dead. Oh no! And, no, no, then... no, no. <laughs> and also they were all holding. Basically, it looked as if like they were ready to to be sacrificed because they came across like holding each other and they were like basically half crying. And they had Neymar's jersey. I was like, guys, Europe, you're professional football players in a semi final of a World Cup. What the hell are you doing? And I I keep saying things to people like I I remember this so so clearly like. As they were about to kick off, like the camera sort of zoomed onto Schweinsteiger's face, and he just saw him rub his hands and just smile. And I was like, "What? I mean, what is he thinking?" You know. And then, lo and behold, thirty minutes later, later, I'm trying to, I'm trying to look it up. <laughs> I, I, I know there's, there's like a name for it. Damn. <laughs> just here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. It was in uh, Belo Horizonte. All right. <laughs> 60,000 people were in attendance. 60,000. 60,000. <laughs> Records. No, match. Here we go. <clears throat> Muller scored in the 11th minute. Closest scored in the 23rd. Crow scored in the 24th. Then the, then no, 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 that's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. I'm not done yet. Then he scored in the 26th. Then Kadira scored in the 29th. They scored four goals in six minutes. <laughs> are you are you kidding me? Because 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 you know the, the thing about this because I remember I was when I was watching in my house. I think at three zero I I left the, the room, but then I sort of like was half in the room half out. So I was I was watching it like through like doors or something, and I was like because again I I didn't even know what to do. <laughs> They scored. They scored five goals in the space of eighteen minutes, from Muller's goal in the eleventh minute to Kadira's goal in the 29th. It's eighteen minutes, and they got five Gs. And then, and then in the second half, Scherler scored in the 69th minute, and then the 79th, and then Oscar scored in in extra time, or not extra time, but stoppage time. Okay. <laughs> it's sick, man. Like, I, like, literally, just sick. I think because they asked um, Lam, aka Bart Simpson, about it, and he said that they kept on playing because they felt that it would have been more disrespectful if they would have chilled out. So they just said, that, "Look, man, I think we just went there and just kept on playing." So that second half, because we felt that if we had sort of made it easy, it would have made it even much more disrespectful within the realms of competition. And it's like, you know what? Like, what is the right thing to do if you're a manager? What do you do? World Cup semi-final, playing the host nation, you're up 5-0. Do you tell your team to chill out or do you say, look, it's competition. It's how we're also representing our country. We go out and we play the same way. I don't know. I guess, what would you do, I guess? Like, if you're a Nigeria manager and you have a team at 5-0, what do you do? Do you tell them to go out and I want five more? That's, that's a tough one. I mean, that's, you know, that's a tough one. Because li literally, I'm actually literally split. Because at one hand, Based on just myself, principle and so forth, I'm like, you know what? It's the host nation in front of their fans. 
we've already won the, the game. They already need to. But at the same time, you have to respect the competition. And I am represents and I am in charge of representing my my country as well. And we we will be played till the 90th minutes. That's where it is. We we play and we play to our best the 90 minutes. We have to. That's just what this competition is about. So I would just say to my guys that, you know what? I would I would say do 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 both. <laughs> but you know, just not too hard. That's what I would say. Keep focusing, but don't take it too much. You know, like maybe play the extra pass. Maybe be a lot more. Basically, keep hold of the ball a lot more, but still yeah. try and play. But keep hold of the ball a lot more. All right. So I looked this up, and it this is from the Daily Mail. So you know. Believe oh, it or oh, not, no, 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 that, <laughs> but uh, believe it or don't, it said Germany made a pledge at halftime not to humiliate Brazil in their World Cup semi final, according to Matt's Hummels. Anyway, oh, so that's what Matt Hummels he said. He said, We just made it clear that we had to stay focused and not try to humiliate them. We said that we had to stay serious and concentrate at halftime. That's something you don't have to show on the pitch if you are playing, you have to show the opponent respect. And it was very important that we did this and didn't try to show some magic or something like this. It was important we played our game for 90 minutes. After our second goal, they got confused. They were not organized on the pitch. And after that, we didn't miss a chance until we scored the fifth goal. <laughs> this doesn't happen too often. You just have to enjoy it. <laughs> well, you, you know what? And, 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 and it's, it's, you know, it also, it, it also kind of goes back to the Classica. Because they only Bayern only scored one goal in the second half, like they they did their damage in mm. in the first half. They were playing hard in that second half as well, man. Trust me. I don't know. I I think I'm I'm sure in halftime they were like, look, we don't we don't need any injuries. We have a game in midweek. Like you don't need to go blitz them again. It just kind of felt like a very professional. If you get a chance, take it. But you don't. We don't need to create seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve chances. Like we did our our job in the first. 20, 30 minutes. Think about it. That was first versus third. That was first v third. And that looked like a top tier team against a division two team. Do you know what? We need to have a discussion after we finish the Champions League preview about just football in general and the state of club football. We have to. So, we have to. Okay. Like, no, I mean, I, I, like, I've been saying this for months and nobody wants, wants to li listen to me. I've been saying this for months. People refuse to listen to me. I'm like, fair enough. It's going to happen. It's a, a, a super league is going to happen. And then people will say, oh, yeah, how football was saying this all this time before? There you go. All right. Okay. So Bayern are probably going to beat Sevilla. Um, the, the first legs in Spain. I know Carl hates this scoreline, but I kind of see it. I kind of see a 3-1. Wait, so Bayern, so Bayern's beat Sevilla 3-1. Mm-hmm. In Sevilla... Remember, remember, Sevilla we're beating Barcelona two 0 Like Sevilla at home are very good. That's why um, you know, that could maybe be like a draw or something. You think? Yeah, I mean, no, trust me. The Bayern I just saw are scoring at least two goals. That look at Dortmund. Come on, Dortmund, <laughs> it's, 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 and also remember, Dortmund. Remember, Dortmund. we're playing. How much better are Sevilla than Dortmund? They're better. Like. They are they are better. Like this Dortmund team, uh, like man, I don't know, man. <laughs> Fair know, enough. I, they I, they they, they lost to Salzburg, I think. So maybe yeah, I shouldn't use Dortmund as a measuring stick here. Um, even though they are the third best team in Germany or second best team, depending on who you ask. 
Um, yeah, I'm gonna still go. I'm, I'm gonna keep my scoreline though, three one. I'm not gonna back down from that. I'm probably gonna look stupid, but hey, won't be the first time. I'm gonna go with one all. Oh, okay. I, th- I think, I think, I think they'll hold them down. So, I mean, look, if flipping Mourinho and bloody um Brekelu Krapaku can um respect his name, he's playing better, man. You know, um, if you know, if they can give them to to nil nil, then then trust me, Ban can. Can 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 do that as well. So I mean, I don't think Ban will be that disrespectful to go there and actually beat them. I mean, that'd be a bit too disrespectful. So uh, I actually think they're gonna win. All right, Tuesday or uh, Wednesday rather. Let's start with the lesser one: Roma, Barcelona. Any anything other than a, a Barcelona win? Um, look, Barcelona are, are beating them. Like some guys say, oh no, Roma have it done. <laughs> Barcelona are beating those guys, man. It's it's like it's gonna be a beating. Like it, <laughs> it could be bad. It could be bad. Score? This, this is it's it's at the new camp, mind. I think three zero. I could probably see like a two zero, maybe. Like I can't vouch for Roma's defense, man. And also remember, playing in a Syria is very different from playing against flipping Barcelona and Messi. Look, if Messi's on that pitch, man, I don't trust Roma's defense to keep them to totally two goals over ninety minutes. I don't know. And remember, Barcelona were like, you know what? Let's just let's just end this now in the first leg. I think we may see a standardized lubrication. Liverpool Man City. That's like those these two games are gonna be classics, I think. You think? I think, I think we're gonna get two two classics. Drama, dynamism, chances, guilted chances, maybe a sending off, you know, lots of attacking football. I told you these guys they don't know how to defend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they're, they're, gonna kill, they're gonna kill each other via attacking. First legs in Anfield though. You know what? I it, this might be a little bit controversial to say. I don't know, but I I feel like a Liverpool win. I feel like a yeah. I feel like a wait 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 Like a two one. Wait wait, but, wait a three but, but, two. Why, why is that shocking? <laughs> Just because Man City are clearly the best team in England, and we've seen these two teams play twice, and you know one what? one one result you can discard because it was against ten men, and mm-hmm. the other ones kind of seemed like a fluke in that way where it was 4-3 uh Liverpool could have uh lost their win uh at the last in the last few minutes cuz Aguero had a, a couple chances no 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 for, for me, like, let's be real come on Liverpool played really well City didn't actually have their best game but maybe Liverpool played so well that they stopped City from having their best game i think Liverpool at Anfield if Klopp actually knew how to defend Liverpool can win the just as I think what will lose for them is bad defending and, and may, maybe a sending off for a penalty. So do you have a score? Like um, you, you've released your, your preview. What are you thinking? I mean, I mean actually, I, I've not actually yet released it yet. It's still in the editing mode. But um, I think I'm going to stick by what I said, which is, yeah, I said 3-3. Three, three. I, I, I was thinking 2-2, but I'm going to say 3-2 to, to Liverpool. I don't know. I feel like that's too much, too many goals. I, I'll... I always feel like we so hype bro, games up in this game, man. I, 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 I don't know where you're smoking. They're gonna be G's in this game, man. Oh no! Because I always feel like people hype these these games up, like oh, there's gonna be a lot of goals, and you know, there's it's gonna be three, three, four, four. Like it's probably it's, it's it's what I'm saying. It's probably not gonna be this attacking spectacle that everyone suspects it's gonna be. So I'm gonna go with like a one-one. Although I could see two-one Liverpool. So what have these two scorelines been between these these two teams? One was five zero, the other was four three. 
do we see a pattern? <laughs> you know? Yeah, but the, yeah, but there hasn't been knowledge that we play again. Like there hasn't the been a, a two-legged tie feel yet. But my argument still stands, which is that in Guardiola is like, look, man, we play one way. We're not going to go there to go and defend. We're going to go there to play our football, which is very attacking. And we know that they have a very soft defense. And we know that they will give us space. So you have two teams that give each other space that are both very attacking, very offensive. Liverpool at Anfield know that because they're playing at home, they have to attack and get as many goals. So by that virtue, the fact City will be given a lot of space to go out and attack them. It is just bread for their having to be goals. Do you know what? Do you know what? Okay, you're right. All right. I'm I'm not gonna overthink this. Not overthinking it. Man City win this game 2 1. All right. Oh wow. You so, so 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 City are gonna win it. I'm that. why do I have to overthink this? Like it's either gonna be two one to Man City, and the best Liverpool can get is a two two. So I'm a lean Man City two one. And then when we get to the second leg, maybe Liverpool have a surprise. Okay. Now, I need to pull up these league tables. We could talk about, like, relegation. No, we could no, talk no, about no, Alan no, Pardew no, getting yeah, sacked. No, no. Please, let me just say something. Like, in, within the next few weeks, we will have Bayern confirmed as champions, City confirmed as champions. I also believe PSG confirmed as, as champions within the next few, few weeks. There is a pattern that is happening, and I don't see this changing. Simple as that. I don't see it changing. Okay. PSG have won, I want to say they've won 2013, 2014, 2015. Monaco won 2017, so that means they won 16. Bayern have won, I think this is going to be 7 of 7. Juventus, I think they're also at 7. It makes you not even care, really. You know what I mean? It's just a feeling of, why, why should I care? And you know what? I, you know the other thing I hate? Hmm. People are talking about, oh, but the race in the Bundesliga for top four is very interesting. No, like, no, no. That's, Schalke I, and I despise that argument. You Frankfurt don't know and that argument. Like, why do I care about who's going into the Champions League if the final eight of the Champions League rarely ever has these teams in it? Or the final four of the Champions League we know is going to be Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, Barcelona, and maybe could it could be PSG, it could be Juventus, it could be maybe the best team from England that year. It's always the four same contenders. You have the the big three and then one of the other almost their clubs. So why why should I care about the Champions League? If are, are you saying we should care about the Champions League group stage? No, like, no, and we'll my my thing is this is that like um because someone made me a comment saying that if you supported like Bayern or Juventus, you you'd you'd be loving this. And I said to my, I said to people like, if you're a UB fan or Bayern fan, obviously, look, if it's your club, it's your club. You love your club and so forth. But there's gonna be a time where you have to take a step back and say, wait a minute, is it actually any fun knowing that my team is gonna win the league title before a ball is even kicked? Like the whole fun and joy of winning is you don't know whether you're gonna win or lose. What, what, what makes like a story amazing is. Is the hero going to die? Is he going to live? Is he not going to make it? But he finally makes it like drama. Not knowing is what makes the final victory and the win much more exciting. But if you already know what's going to happen, how can you be truly excited or truly happy? Have you seen the first team something 
It's on Netflix. It's about Juventus. It's like there's. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. From, I've, from um, I've, um, I've saved it on my list, so it's 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 on my list. So mm. there's something that Allegri said when they were talking to him, um, and it was basically like I, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something along the lines of you know winning isn't guaranteed, um, and a lot of people look at us and think you know they're they're guaranteed to win, but we're not. Like winning at Juventus is taken for granted. People expect us to win. So when we do win, it doesn't mean anything. But if we lose, it's a big story because we're expected to to win. So anything other than the expectation creates, you know, a uh, kind of trouble, essentially, which makes it very difficult for people whose expectation is to win because winning isn't easy. And I can feel him on that in, in that regard. But when you look at what's going on in club football in a wider context, Mm. It's not just Juventus who are having this this ease, which makes me think it's not just a problem with Serie A. It's not just a problem with Ligue 1. It's not just a problem with the Bundesliga. It's not just a problem with, you can even go into detail with the Swiss League or the Ukrainian League or how many times have Ajax won the, uh, the Eredivisie or how many times have Celtic won the Scottish League. Like How many times have Olympiacos won the Greek League? There, you can just look at different leagues and you see the same name over and over and over and over and over again. That's not just a, an issue with Juventus and Serie A and Allegri having a little pressure to win. This is a systemic problem, it seems, with club football in general. That the team with the most... <laughs> I mean, it, it makes sense when you say it. But the, the, the team with the most money always wins. You say something like right? Because again, this is why I always go back to the whole Abramovich thing. Because, like, when Abramovich came, I say this could be the beginning of the end of club football as we know it. Because I keep reminding people that I began supporting Chelsea during the days of Dennis Wise. When Chelsea were coming sixth, losing to Bradford City away from home, where Dean Windows would regularly score a brace. <laughs> so that was the Chelsea that I was fully supporting, where guys wanted to beat me up in school because I said Chelsea were the greatest team of all time. But then when, like, Abramovich came, I was like, you know what? This could be the start of something where the purity of it just gets taken away. And where football, as I know it and how I knew it when I was growing up, it just com- it's going gonna, it's gonna to change into something very um, materialistic and take away the soul of the game. And Abramovich just began this knocking effect because remember, like back in like the, the 90s, yeah, football was big. But really, it was really about the stars. Really, like Ronaldo was like the first kind of like super superstar. But I think as more World Cups went through and more Champions League went through, and social media came in, football became this thing that has just grown exponentially. So once that happened, and you're like a businessman, and you're like an oil tight tycoon, you're like, you know what? This is huge. If I'm going to be invest my money into something. And actually just enjoy myself and actually make my, my money do something and make it work well actually enjoy myself. Let me make a super team. Let me make a football super team. So obviously you had Abramovich, but you also had Abramovich in tandem with Perez as well, who was doing the whole Galacticos thing. And what has happened is just that you've just seen this knock-on effects. And with the all tycoons coming in, you now have a thing where you know what? Let's just have these super, super teams. And I don't blame Bayern Munich because they're not breaking any rules. And these all tycoons, I don't blame them. I don't like what they're doing, but I don't blame them. They're not, they're not doing anything wrong. 
because they're not breaking any rules. The only people you should be looking at, uh, and, and I think we certainly need to mention the whole that's why racism thing, that may be like a, a segue, are these clowns of FIFA and UEFA where sal sal salary cap, as an obviously you, you, you know this better than I do, this will never happen because people make far too much money in football because of branding and so forth. But the, the, the way you can start to solve this is you have a salary cap. But let's be realistic. Will football ever get to a stage where the young best player is going to join flipping um, Braunschweig or um, <laughs> De Villa or um, Sunderland? That's not going to happen. <laughs> the, youngest best, the, the, the young best player is going to want to join one of the, the, the big teams. So, so you think a salary cap fixes things? It will help to fix things. Like it's going to be very hard to implement. Basically, it will never happen. There, there, there. I'm, I'm speaking of like in a utopia, but it will never happen. But let's just say, for argument's sake, if you bring a salary cap, you cannot spend above a certain amount. You also bring in the American system of where younger talents get spread across different teams, and the, the teams that do what gets first dibs on the best new young talent within four or five years you'll see greater parity you'll see greater parity hmm. you know i actually like the freedom that the european model gives younger athletes in that in the american context you have to go to college most times or it's it's become normalized to where you go to college you don't necessarily have to um, but you know, you go to college, then the best players from college get drafted. The best players from college go to the worst team as kind of a, a way to inject the league with, as you say, more parity. I don't know if I necessarily like that model though, Why because not? I don't like the idea of drafts. I don't like the idea that this system tells you where you have to play for a certain amount of years. And then the clubs have an advantage of signing you to keep you there. It it limits the ability of the worker to go where they want to go, which I feel is something really particular to American sports in that way. Like if, if you get a good offer from company X and then, but you can't go to company X because company Y owns you or owns your rights. I feel like that's stupid. And, and, and in Europe, you could be at the, let's say you're at Ajax and yo, I have an offer that I could go to Barcelona. I have an offer that I could go to Man City. I have an offer I could go to United. I get to pick where I want to go as this young talent. I feel like it gives people, I, I like the idea of people having freedom of where they're allowed to go, even if it means you're going to get an unfair balance. What I don't agree with and what I can agree with you on is I don't agree with the idea that you should be able to spend as much money as you want. I, I I don't feel like that's correct, but I also don't agree with the way that UEFA has tried to implement this with the financial fair play. Because well, because what 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 financial fair play was attempting to do was create evenness across the board. You can only spend it as you can only I think it was you can spend fifty million more euros a year than what you make. I think I think that was the rule. And if you spend over fifty million more than what your what your club makes in a year, then you get fined or whatever. I might be wrong on that. Somebody should get in contact with me, um, or maybe Carl would know. But yeah, 
I don't agree with that because what financial fair play did was ensure that the big clubs stayed the big clubs. It ensured that no competition is going to come from X billionaire, this Chinese conglomerate, this Qatari conglomerate, this Saudi Arabia conglomerate. They're not going to come and buy some club wherever, and they're not going to inject this club with 50, 500 million cash, 500 million euros or pounds from nowhere. And then they're going to build this club to threaten the Manchester United's, the Manchester City's, the Real Madrid's, Barcelona's, Bayern Munich's. Like that's not going to happen now because you that club can't produce that much revenue to where they won't break the rules of financial fair play, right? So it was an insurance for Madrid, for Barcelona, for you know the already established clubs in world football that look nobody's going to come mess with you. Like if if, if you look at League on, for instance, PSG started their process before financial fair play became a thing, right? So the that Qatari group was able to establish the brand of Paris Saint-Germain just before those laws became in place, and that helped them grow. Whereas if you look at Monaco, that Russian owner, I know he had like a divorce and it was a whole thing, but I think Monaco's because remember they were buying Falcao, they were buying Latino, they were buying James Rodriguez. They were going through that process of trying to establish Monaco as a super club, but they started the process too late before financial fair play. And that ended up costing them down the line, especially when that owner had, you know, marital problems or whatever the case may be. I think he had one of the like the largest divorces in the world. So then Monaco had to retool and they had, okay, we can't buy the big talent, so we go for the young talent. And then they ended up getting the Mbappes, the Bernardo Silvas, the Bakayokos, the Fabinhos, et cetera, et cetera. So that was that thing. And I feel like the financial fair play was an attempt to stop Monaco from becoming a huge club. Not just Monaco, but the Monacos of the world. Mm. It was an attempt to stop, I don't know, if there was, are there any other clubs like that? I think Man, Man City started their process just in time. As you say, Chelsea were kind of the first that get that big injection of cash to make them a top club. But I think in, instead of it being based on revenue, right, which I think is a, a cop-out and, like I say, a way to protect the people who are already there, I would like to see not, not necessarily a salary cap, but a transfer cap. I mean, like, these are just two thugs trying to come up with something. Like, this be actually be a team of actual guys. Say, look, man, if you want to actually make club football more true competitive, because, like, I, know, I mean, my thing is this is that, are you happy with one team winning a league title ten times ten times a row? Because I don't know what argument there is that Bayern can't win the next three league titles. Because I see some young players. Kings of Common is a young dude. Tuliso is a young dude. Um, Kimmich is a is a young dude. So you know and they'll, they'll probably buy like Weigel from Dortmund. Well, also, <laughs> Goretzka is. Also, I mean, Goretzka from Schalke is going to Bayern. Yep. I guarantee Werner might be going to Bayern as well. So. And, and when you look at the, the Syria, I'm sorry, man, like Napoli and Roma just do not have the, they don't have the stamina to last 38 games the way that Juventus do. You, Juventus even do it. Like, can you tell me, obviously this is a rhetorical question, but what did Higuain, what, what was his last club? Napoli. Napoli didn't have to sell, but they got offered, what was it, 80 million? Something like that? Yeah. So, somewhere around there for Higuain. I mean, you can't say no to that. You cannibalize teams in your own league, which I think is a word calls used before. For, so, for instance, Goethe didn't work out at Bayern Munich, but he still left Dortmund. You know, Lewandowski's left. Hummels went back. 
you know, if you look at the team Dortmund should have compared to the team that they have now, they could actually they could have a team that actually challenges and makes that league competitive in a way that should that maybe La Liga and, and also be competitive in, in in Europe as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they had a Hummels, a younger Godsa, younger Kagawa, Ilkay Gunahan, Macro, a a a Marco Royce, Lewandowski, I mean, that's 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 a, a team, a serious team actually. That that's a team that got to a Champions League final, minus Goza, who wasn't playing the game. That that team got to the pinnacle of club football and lost in you know heartbreaking fashion. We we can say when Robin scored. So if if that team had time to mature, you would think, especially with Klopp still there, because maybe they would be able to keep Klopp, who I think is one of the best managers, at least in Germany, that that team should have probably won a Champions League or would have won a Champions League, I think, by now, especially if Roy stays fit, which is a big if, I know. He he, he, he him staying fit. (laughs) You know what? And and the sad thing is, like, if, if Neymar doesn't go to PSG, then uh, Barcelona aren't on the market for a young dynamic winger, and Dembele maybe stays at at Dortmund. So maybe yeah. if that if that doesn't happen, then they get to keep him, and maybe that helps them compete this season a little bit, uh, but, a little but, bit more. If Obama Yang isn't in contract disputes, maybe if Dortmund have more money, or if they have a different model that they don't have to kind of, uh, then they can pay their players and keep like that level of talent happy so Obama Young isn't looking to go to Arsenal so they can keep players that way. There's a whole thing. It's not just how 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 would you put it? Dortmund aren't necessarily trying to win trophies in that way. I think they would like to win trophies and if they stumble onto winning the league then they would do it. But I don't think that their goal at the beginning of the year is we're gonna try to take the Bundesliga from Munich. I think they're just like how do we keep this club viable financially? Because they're owned, I think. Isn't there a thing in Germany where you can't own more 50, than like fifty-one percent? I'm, I'm actually doing a video on it because um, one of my my patrons, who's like a band supporter, said I, he wants me to do a video on it, which is the fifty plus one rule, which mm. is a very very interesting rule. Where, where, where basically, so the supporters have to basically pretty much own like fifty percent of the club. But, but the main thing is that you can't have an Abramovich or a Russian tycoon kind of scenario where someone comes in and pretty much says whatever whatever they want. Basically, the rule means that you can't happen you can't you can't have a scenario with, with Arsenal now because supporters have a massive say into how the club is being run. Mm. But but then there was but then there's been like this votes where like um I think Bayern and another team want to scrap the ruling. But all of the other clubs said no; they want to still keep the ruling. So, so fans would rather have a say in their club than some guy come in and spend a bunch of money. That's the thing. But but then then the the, the flip side is that in today's world, sadly, if you want to be to compete with 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 Bayern, you have to scrap that fifty plus one rule, allow a tycoon to have greater control, and therefore you can then um, spend a lot more on players to compete. So. Hmm. But that I think that says more about the the German footballing culture than it does about football at large. If you look at the way that German supporters support their clubs, they're quite passionate, mm. and I and I would feel like they would rather have a semblance of control rather than give it to someone else to compete. I feel like the the act of supporting your club and being there and knowing that you own something is probably more fulfilling than 
seeing a sixty million pound player come in. Your oh yeah, yeah no, I mean, like it's 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 just a whole different mindset. It's a whole yeah. different mindset. Whereas maybe in England that doesn't exist in that way. So you would rather have really good players come in your club than a feeling of owning it. I guess it would just it depends on the culture and maybe even more specifically the club. Because maybe there are some supporters in Germany who would rather have the the players and the money than the ownership. But if you look at Dortmund specifically, I don't think that they'd be willing to give that up in order just to get a few players. But you know, it's an interesting it's an interesting discussion. I don't know how we fix it. I don't, we're definitely not going to fix it on a podcast talking about it. But <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what's funny? I was just I'll just look at that. One of my um, comments on because I just did a, a vid about um, um City and a guy just called me um, a a stupid African monkey because <laughs> I'm a CR7 hater. <laughs> what? Why do you repost the the hate comments just to oh, like no, expose I, I, people? No, I, because I think you know what it is is like it shows the reality. Whenever people say, oh, no, the world isn't racist. Oh, man, stop talking about racism. Oh, all of you guys, all you want to do is just hang on to the past and say about racism. No, there's no more racism, okay? Stop stop, stop being the, the race police. I like to do it because, it's a t- because the internet is beautiful because what it is that it makes you anonymous. And once you're, you're anonymous and you can't, and you don't have to face to anything, that means it allows you to bring all your demons to bear without facing any repercussions. Do you know, that's why I use my real name. Like on Twitter, I make sure to like I have my real picture. Like, it, it's why I don't even like when you call me Danny T. Like, <laughs> I, I want people to know my name. That way, I feel like I have I have to be accountable to something. Like, I have to because like, if if you have like a a fake name or fake account, you could just say and do anything. Like nobody, if as long as it's not crazy, oh, no, 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 no. like egregious. I think it's 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 twofold though because again, as one hand, you want to create that fake name because you want to pretty much be able to put out all the racist stuff and unfeating stuff you can without so it's, it's sort of like a a way of just like re- releasing all all, all all the hate but not under your name so so you, so you don't get like re- reprimanded but then in my case it's a it's a thing of like i want to be someone you know like an alter ego you know it's almost like an alter guy i, I want to create this different character that i know that that's, that's within me but as myself, and I was under my, my government's name, I can't really express that. But under this different alter ego on this virtual space called the internet, I can really do that, create that, and, and express that, you know. So, so, yeah. so, so basically, become Danny T. That's that's what I'm going to become. Danny T sounds too much like Daniel to look. I might as well just be Daniel to look, if you know what I mean. Like, I would need like a, like a whole different kind of name, but anyway, let's 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 do some questions before we get out of here. Um, Kuzawachi goes by Zach. Is Eden Hazard a YouTube footballer, similar to what people called Neymar before his Barcelona move? I I I, I think he might mean. Do you know how like Pogba was like a Vine footballer, and people were like he got his move to Manchester United because of like the the Vine highlights because oh. he looked great on Vine with like the long shots and the crazy free kicks and yeah, things I mean, like I mean, that. But basically, it, that was like Cristiano before he moved to United at um, Sporting Lisbon and um, Charisma. Those are YouTube players, but... Do you know what? Hazard, Hazard isn't. Like, he doesn't do skills like that. He's just Who? very good at dribbling past people, but he's not like doing... Oh, no, 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 no. I was like, I don't, I don't know what the guy is smoking. No. <laughs> like, the guy is like a player. Like... Yeah, do you know how... Uh... 
when it's like maybe three nil to PSG mm. in like the eighty eighth minute, and Neymar's just like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna do a rainbow flick on this guy." <laughs> yeah, 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 no, no, so you just, just you, you like, take the ball, flicks it around him, flicks like, it over him. Like that's, that's, that's YouTube footballer, man. Yeah. Like Hazard, Hazard is respectful in that way. Like I think YouTube footballers are more disrespectful. Like Balotelli yeah. scoring with his shoulder, like that's some YouTube footballer type. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I saw the one of the Copa ninety guys um, in the train station earlier to, to to today. Which one? Vuj. You say you say what's up, or you just saw? Him? Uh, I was I was no because I was like, wait, wait a minute. And then I, then I looked first. I was like, wait, I know that guy. Then I looked again. I was like, oh, and then I think he basically just like smiled and, and just waved, and then we just went away because I was like running late. So, <laughs> do you know Carl knows him actually? Like, we should get him on the podcast. Oh, wait, wait. How does how does Carl know him? Carl knows everybody. You should know this by now. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I think I think he's he might be Serbian. So I was thinking about you know we should reach out to him for like the World Cup. So oh no, no, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think he was on Aston Fan TV, like um. Doing like um, um, like some kind of like seven thing for Arsenal on TV. So yeah, um, and speaking yeah, of the World Cup, man, I mean, yeah, we we need to figure out a World Cup special for talking tactics, and that's if it goes up because I think Putin. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, you like, need to stop saying the name Putin. Like every time the World Cup, you're connected the World Cup with Putin, and you might be giving look, him ideas. Like countries may pull out if this political thing intensifies. Countries may just pull out, and we may not have a World Cup, which would piss me off. I, do, do you know what? This might be how England gets a World Cup. How about that? Oh like, yeah, just sure. just like a late switch. Like okay, we're not gonna have it in Russia, but you know maybe because England can host them. But then if that happens, then we'll have World War Three. So ah uh, yeah, like that. Putin wouldn't be happy, would he? Um, Aren't Amadeus asked how should Juve approach the first leg against Real Madrid? Cautiously, but they but they, but they need those those goals. Nah, you you basically try if you're gonna be aggressive, be aggressive in the second leg when your goals are worth a little bit more. Like don't don't lose in the first leg. Like don't let Real Madrid score three away goals on you, because uh, PSG were stupid enough to try to think that would work, and that 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 didn't work. Um, Anthony Pepper asks, does Harry Kane fit this New England formation? And do England go with Deli Alley or Jesse Lingard to start the group games? It depends on the opposition, man. Because they 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 bring something different, you know. They bring something Okay. In- England England play Belgium. Do you play with Lingard or do you play with Alley? I would go with Alley. I would personally. I would I would I mean I would be tempted to play with Lingard because I think that Based on Martinez and how Martinez is going to use Belgium, they're going to be very attacking. And I just think that um, Lingard on the break on the on the counter will be very dangerous and expose Belgium on the on the break a lot better than Delhi Ali would. Um, I would go with Ali, if only for the fact that I think you want to keep as many players from the same team on the pitch as possible true, at the yeah, same yeah, time. Yeah. If you keep those groups of players together, then I feel like that's probably a little advantageous for you. Um, Musa Keita asks, why don't Arsenal start Aubameyang and Lacazette together? Their manager's Wenger, and maybe he hasn't thought of it yet? Well, you know, well, well Wenger is the king of not trying anything. <laughs> so, and he will stick to his same thing and same tactics. So look, Wenger... Nah, I, I, thought it was, I thought it was cute that uh, Aubameyang was on a hat trick. And he was like, you know what? My guy, like I said, hasn't scored in a while, so I'm going to let yeah, him take this nice. penalty. Like, that's nice. Very socialist. 
from uh, from Pierre Emmerich. Peg Mouse asks, who should be con- well, I should say this. So I think if if that's their relationship, or if that's Obama Yang's outlook on being a striker, then maybe he should have a partner or him having a partner would be it would be good. And Lacazette seems like somebody who probably needs a partner. He seems like he'd be good in a two-up front. Packed Mouse asks, who should be Conte's successor at the end of the season? And should Hazard leave to join a more attacking team like Madrid, City, or PSG? Uh, to answer the second question first, should Hazard leave? Yes. 100%. But then um, Real fans say that they don't want him, so which is, which is a bit rude. Do you know what? I think this season has poisoned Hazard a little bit. How would I put it? I think he knows that Conte isn't interested in being in the club and he's pondering his future at the same oh, oh, time. No, no, no. Very briefly, very briefly. Have, have you heard that it's going to cost $90 million to sack him? It was going to be 13 I, th- I thought. So. That's right. The guy's a gangster. He knows He knows what he's doing. $90 million? Do you know what? I, I, was, I was thinking. Uh, now I, I, I've had theories about why Conte doesn't use his substitutions in a timely fashion. And the one I and, and my last one was be, be be very careful with what your boss is the same man. So okay. My my last theory was I think he spends too much time screaming at his players on the touchline that he loses track of time. And then by the time he realizes that uh hey it's 80 minutes I should probably use some substitutions now it's already too late. But now I'm thinking this is a deliberate attempt to scuttle games in a nondescript fashion <laughs> as to get sacked, but also look as if, or also seem as if he's trying. So he's not changing the game intentionally, perhaps, maybe, possibly. I, th- I think I'm, I'm going to roll with the, with, the, with the latter option, bro. The, 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 the guy's very sketchy, man. Very sketchy. Uh, and who, sh- who should be his successor at the end of the season? Um, I'm stuck because I don't know if Chelsea need a John the Baptist or if they need a Jesus. It was the the difference when who was John the Baptist? <laughs> it was Easter the other day, so I guess I'm I'm using the biblical reference. For those that don't know, John the Baptist was like the precursor to Jesus. So basically, God was like, you know what? I'm gonna put out a messenger in the streets, and he's gonna tell everybody that my son is a is is coming. Basically, so John the Baptist is the person before the person. Um, oh. And I don't know if, if Chelsea need, like, a top-flight manager now or if they just need somebody that's going to put you on the right path to getting that guy. So, basically, you don't you know, have to Mancini. Man City got Pellegrini, hoping that in time they could get Guardiola. Pellegrini was almost like a John the Baptist in that way because he was the guy before the guy. He got them not playing the Italian football, a little bit more attacking, and then Guardiola... The, they, uh, Man City set up the structure in place to where then Guardiola could then be the Jesus of Manchester City. I don't know if Chelsea are ready for another manager that has all the pressure at once, if that makes sense. I don't know if you could take Guardiola and put him into, into Chelsea now and it would be a success. I think Chelsea need time and a manager who's willing to work with this club in, in order to you know refine the football, get the young players in. Some players are going to leave. Some players are going to come in. You, you, they, it needs like a uh, a stopgap. There, there needs to be a person before the person. And I don't know exactly who that is, but it can't just be let's go out and let's get Ancelotti. Let's go out and let's get 
whoever the next big name manager is. There needs to be some. No, no, like, like a name I'm, I'm putting out there, man. You may say it's crazy. Di Francesco. I thought you were gonna say Laudrup. <laughs> well, like, what? I mean, what is people's beef with Lau Laudrup? I thought that the guy did did well at Swansea. <laughs> what? Nah, you just always suggest Michael Laudrup for jobs. So I thought you could. No, it's gonna sound crazy, but uh, Laudrup. <laughs> the dude is is jo- I look at least I didn't say the, the the guy who is the worst Premier League manager of all time. So according to Mourinho, so the boy. You know what? I would take Brendan Rodgers for like two, three Whoa. years. Brendan? <laughs> Listen, he, he he was a former assistant under Mourinho, so he knows the club well. Uh, he works well with youth players. He doesn't have a problem playing Europa League. Maybe maybe that he would maybe he would be the guy to get Chelsea playing better football, and then we can get a, the next manager who's who would take Chelsea to the next level. For for me, I think that look, man. Rather than do a stopgap. Chelsea, what Chelsea need is basically the, the issue is the elephant, the the pink peacock in the room is my good friend who's who I would like and love for him to loan me some money is Roman. <laughs> because Abramovich he calls the shots. And you go say to Abramovich, Abramovich, do you want to run a football club or do you want to run your personal toy? If you want to run a football club, you've got to get a manager, maybe a young manager. That's why I look at a Di Francesco or maybe you want to look at Chelsea and so forth. And when you get them, you say, build your team. This is the money that we have. I want you to build a team that plays good, attractive, attacking football that is in tandem with inside forwards, false nines, passing and intricacy that is around now because contesting doesn't work now. Mm-hmm. You know, so once you you give him the, the power, help him build the team from scratch, then that is the possibility for Chelsea to then be, be coming to the one and say, Come on, let's, let's look. The Premier League is, is it's just gonna get more and more competitive because Liverpool are a beast that's growing. Mourinho, love him or, or hate him, he knows how to win games. Tottenham so the beast that, that that's growing. So it's 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 gonna be hard. And there and there are only so many great, really good players out there. So that's what we really need. You need a coach with a great eye for, for, for talent, great scouts, and just build a team from the ground up that is attractive, entertaining, and has the same kind of mindsets of a Tottenham, a Liverpool, and so Because look, that's just what... I mean, is it any um, surprise that Liverpool, Tottenham, these guys are, are playing very well? But then Liverpool and Tottenham, they don't have the kind of money or the pull that Chelsea have. So, so if Chelsea can offer can copy that mindset of like pass orientated, attacking, dynamic, unorthodox, many guys running off the off, off the ball, but you have the kind of money to get proper defenders who can help so support that, then that is a team that can now truly compete in the Premier League and beat Man City and go with a 10-game winning streak. This crap of like and um, give it to Moses and, and Alonso and they basically cross to to one guy, oh. Let me pass the ball back. I mean, I mean, the the, the football is crap. The football is completely crap. So, <laughs> you know, and it's like, I'm sorry, Conte, you have to reveal why you told Costa to piss off. You have to reveal it because right now you're, you're the bad guy. You're the bad guy now because Costa has said, I think, on two occasions now that look, man, it's not me. But Conte throughout this whole time has not said anything, and when he's been asked about it, he's been like, oh no, 
I don't have anything to say, but you Costa was very important to how you played and was very important to your success. I still think Marta is a great player. I still think he's a very talented player, but I just do not think he fits Conte's system and the way that he plays because Marta is a very different striker from who Costa is. You know, because because mm-hmm. look, Spain may, may may not want to take him and take this other dude, but I still believe that Morata goes and plays for Spain. You will see that player that I was I was talking about in the, in the summer. Not every player fits every system, and remember, Morata didn't play under Conte in Venice for that for that long, really. I don't so, think he played for him at all. I thought he had like a season with with him. I thought he had him for his last season. I don't think so. Well, that even supports my point even more, which is that yeah, Mor. Morata has looked good under different coaches, i.e., not um, flipping, um, not 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 to do Conte. Like the, the the thing with with Conte is that, like I, I keep saying, saying to people is that um, you were successful with Juventus in a Syria that really has no competition. On top of that, Allegri has been has had the same success as you in Syria and has done better in Europe than you. Conte, I'll give you the Euros, but even if people talk about this Euros, blah blah, look at what he did with scraps and and so forth. Okay. Did you get to the final? No. <laughs> Did you get to the semis? No. You wait a minute. Oh, sorry. They, they, they got to the semis. They got beaten in the quarters. Are you sure? Oh my god! This was the Euros that changed everything. So normally in the Euros, it's quarter semis final, but this Euros actually had a second round, didn't it? Yeah, had a round of sixteen. Yeah. So so they, they beat Spain in the round of sixteen, and then lost to thing in the quarters. I was about to say because France France played Portugal in the final. And they mm. played Germany in the semis. So I was like, because mm. Italy lost to Germany, correct? In penalty, yeah. yeah, in the in the, in the penalty quarter. shootout. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the quarterfinals. Has it been that long? What that was that competition that bad? Where it feels like it was that long ago? <laughs> well, this 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 thing that we're doing was established then, you know. So. <laughs> Do you know what? In the moment, the Euros wasn't that bad. But now that I think about it, it wasn't that good. The Euros wasn't great. No, but it, in the moment, it felt like it was good. No, 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 no. I mean, it started off well, but then it's sort of like all international competitions feel that way. In the moment, they feel really good because you know it's a it's a high because it's a it's just a good moment in football. But then when you take a step back, maybe like four or five months later, it was like, oh, that wasn't that wasn't that great, was it? Uh, so yeah, Conte. I don't. I'm sick of talking about this guy, man. It's just a. Hmm. Plus, I, th- I think he's a liar, yo. Have you seen? And... Have you seen what he looks like? <laughs> His whole face is a lie, bro. Yeah, His man. hair is a lie. I mean, didn't he get done for like um, illegal betting? So, <laughs> so I, 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 I told. I mean, I don't. I don't mean to be rude, but a, a guy who looks like like that, who looks like he literally takes drugs and sells drugs. <laughs> you can't see. I mean, you, you can't trust. I told you, he's a he's, he's a hustler. He's like. Pay me, pay me nine million, or I will, I'll keep on tanking this team. And Abramovich is saying, no, screw you. I am paying you the money. Oh, I'll show you. That's why I wanted to ask: How long is his contract? Until the end of next year. <laughs> oh man! Wow. Yeah, he's gone. He's gone. He's gone at the end of this year. But I think they have to pay him less money at the end. So they're just gonna wait. <laughs> Do you, do you know what happened? I think Mourinho ruined it for everyone because th- I think they had to pay Mourinho somewhere around like 12 mil. or so. They might still even be paying that. Who knows? Because I think he was under contract until the end of next year as well. Mm. 
because um, he signed a contract extension for, I think, three years. So I think next year would be the third year of Mourinho. So maybe they're still paying that. Or maybe they would pay it in like at one go. I don't know. But Chelsea were like, we're not going to be giving managers all this power anymore. So then we're just going to call them head coaches and give them less power. Then Conte comes in, accepts those terms to begin with, then wins the league and is like, okay, I think I've deserved to be uh, – I, I think I've deserved to have the powers of a manager. And Chelsea are like, nah, bro, you signed that contract. We're not going to give you powers of the manager, essentially, or what we understand to be managerial powers. So now he's just, you know – What's the you guys say throw he's thrown his toys under the pram? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's basically what he's done. He's just like, yo, fuck it. <laughs> I'm gonna get my money one way or the other. <laughs> so 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 I can kind of respect it in a way, but you know. I mean it's, it's but there's just something very shameless about it. And <laughs> like like I mean, look, fair enough. It's it's a it's a hustle, so you can respect, but I'm like, it's so it's so it feels so wrong. Because you know, when, even when I look at his face, I'm like, you don't actually really care because you're like, because as you said, you you said, okay, what was he doing until the sub? He was thinking about what am I mean, what car am I gonna get? What match am I, am I gonna get? <laughs> what am I gonna get? How many side chicks am I am I am I gonna, gonna, gonna get? Because my wife is gonna accept because I'm gonna buy how many and um, watches and so forth. So it's gonna be thinking of all the stuff I'm gonna get with nine mil. Yeah, you know, I was. He was like, I, I, you know, that Rolex we saw the other way. Like that's nice. I might get that. You know. Yeah, yeah. But, but before you know it, it's 80 minutes. This guy's spent nine million in his head. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so somebody says, like, Oh, eight minutes, okay, let me try and make a substitution to and try and change the game. Then it's like, oh, and look, and he has said that look, he he, he doesn't fear for his job. Of course, the, of course he doesn't. He's sort of like it's it basically it's such a bad situation, Chelsea Raymond. It's it's like it's <laughs> it's it's such a mess. William and Hazard literally are on a different team. Pretty much play five aside for, for football, skilled for football. So they're on a five aside team. Kante is literally holding the midfield by himself because Fabregas hasn't been relevant since the Egyptians ruled. Marcos Alonso and Victor Moses literally don't do anything of any effect. But what worked last season, Kante still thinks it will work this season. But it's like maybe play Moses as an inside forward, maybe. Maybe allow Moses to be much more of an attacker, but no, just make, make them as wing backs. And the thing about this is that Cahill is crap. He's completely crap. Christensen is too young. He's, he's a better defender than Cahill, but he's obviously too young. And I said this, go back on my videos, that Rudiger, because I, I watched him at Roma, he's a defender you bring on when you want to just hold on to that lead. He's not a, especially when you're playing a back three, you don't start with Rudiger. So therefore, that leaves Aspilicueta, who has to pretty much do all the defending by himself. Do you know what's dumb? Is all last season, Conte played David Luiz on that bad knee. Mm. And now he can't play because of it. Because he basically <laughs> ruined that knee. Or at least injured it so badly. Do, do, do you know how, you know, uh, Carl always brings up, like, if you, if you take a shot in your knee, or if you're having to take injections in order to play, you're taking time off your career. I think that's what's happened with Louise, where he had to take shots and injections or get treatment in order to play on that bad knee last season when Chelsea were going to win the league. And now that's kind of come back to bite him. And he's probably the best defender that we have of playing in the middle. One, because he's experienced. Two, because he's a bit mobile. And three, because he can play with, with, the, with the ball at his feet. 
Mm. And then we have Zuma on loan, which is, I don't understand how that was deemed to be a wise decision. Yeah, no, no, no. That's like I mean, really weird. <laughs> like, really. And, and, and also, what, what, what's it called? Is it the dude that Crystal Palace, the, um, what's it called? Lost, lost his cheek. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, it just the, seems the as club's like, a mess, man. These are like guys who you could really use. As yeah. a lobster chick is a really good option to have to try and change the game and offer some 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 spark out wide. Zuma, the guy is a good quality defender. Yes, he's young. Yeah, he be he's Francis. Big. He's Francis third best center back. You know what's because 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 don't tell me Koscielny, okay? Koscielny was was once the best defender in the Premier League. That's a pile of crap. He was never the best. <laughs> Never ever was he the best defender in the Premier League. I'm still forgot to tell you that he was world class until today. Maybe we still got two questions left. Okay, fuck. All right. All right. Never have hope, but I'd like to hear all of your input from Gowan69. Is this the last World Cup Messi and Ronaldo have to win as opposed to just being on the team that wins it? Would a win in subsequent cup mean much less for their legacy? Okay, so what he's saying is. Is this the last one that Messi and Ronaldo can be the main men in? Or if they win one post-2018 World Cup, will it be a lesser accomplishment because they won't be the main guys? Um, I, I think yes. I think yes on both accounts. I think this is the last one, definitely for Ronaldo, that this is his last chance to be like the main guy that wins it. Because I, because I, I can see a scenario in 2022 where Ronaldo's on the team just because he's Ronaldo, almost kind of like Figo in a way, where he's the old guy, but he's yeah. being carried by this young Portugal that I think a lot of people can see um, that's on the rise, that's on the come up. Um, I could see that being the case where maybe they win in 2022, perhaps maybe, if you know maybe the Ronaldo Sanchez's of the world end up panning out to be these you know really, really great players that we suspect they might be. Well, yeah, the um, is, in, is in Qatar, isn't it? In 2022. I think it's a Winter World Cup as well, because because FIFA in their infinite wisdom decide to give uh, a summer tournament to a country that's in the desert. Man, I tell you, man, like 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 like, like <laughs> money, money is an evil thing, man. But Messi, Messi's interesting in that I feel like if they lose this one, he's not going to come back. Like this, this will be it. He won't play in a Copa America. He won't play in anything. Like if they, if they, if especially if they lose in a final, he he looked ready to. I don't, I'm not even going to put that out in the atmosphere, but he looked ready to end everything after the last Copa America. So I couldn't imagine after this what might happen. So, yeah, if, if Messi doesn't win it now, I don't think we'll see him again in an Argentina shirt unless he's coaxed back or, you know, God comes to him in a dream or something. But no, no, no. I mean, for me, yeah. I mean, like, um, I think Messi could possibly still. You think? You know what? I, you know, to tell you the truth, I have no flipping idea, man. <laughs> that's the, to be to be honest, I really have no no idea. I really all right, have no, all right, all right. Let's, let's, I, do, I just pray that Cristiano doesn't win the World Cup. Let's say Argentina get to a final, they lose. You think Messi comes back another time after losing two consecutive finals? It depends in what manner. If let's say they got like cracked open in the final, I still think like he like you know what's epic. I lick my wounds and I come back. If it's a case where it's close and he like misses a penalty or he misses like a one-on-one, then yeah, I think he's 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 done. Last question from Mason Boris. With West Brom and Stoke virtually gone, 
Who do you want and think will be the third team to be relegated? I mean, I want I want West Ham to go down because of that racist um, director of football. So, <laughs> but um, I don't want Palace to, to go to go go down. I don't want Huddersfield to go down. No, no, no. A team that I want to go down is West Ham, but I don't think they'll go down. I think they'll stay up. Yeah, they'll. I mean, what's about twenty nine thirty? Oh, come and look, my they're like four or five points ahead of Southampton. No, West Ham will stay up. Um, I want West Ham to go down. Who I think will go down? It could be Huddersfield. Yeah, I suspect Huddersfield. I'd rather Swansea go down, mm. if only because that's like a long away trip, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so cut down on travel. In terms of like what's best for your my team, Swansea going would be okay. I don't know why there are Welsh teams in the English Premier League anyway. Well, it's they, like the UK, isn't it? So it's the English Premier League. Oh, the truth, actually, no, yeah, that, that, that's that's that's. Why does, does Wales not have a, a Welsh Premier League? Is. No, Wales is tiny <laughs> like wills is like wills is as nowhere near as big as do you know what actually i think if you look at the champions the championship table i think cardiff are going to come back so mm. one in one out but yeah i i actually don't think southampton are going to get relegated it could be crystal palace but uh i would west brom are gone are we going to talk about the black guy getting set up or are we going to leave it <laughs> with the, the, the what no, no, look, I mean, no, like, li- literally, what else is there to say? Black guy, tickle, fall, get relegated, once get given a full job, rinse and repeat, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Conversations from the WhatsApp group that we don't have enough time to address in the Talking Tactics podcast. But anyway. I mean, like, that's always said often because that's a whole other discussion, man. So. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. This has been the Talking Tactics Podcast. We do this every Tuesday. Thank you guys for listening. Remember to follow us on social media, um, at Twitter, at Talking Tactics. Get in contact with us. If you've heard anything in the podcast you have issues with, that you would like to comment on, that you would like to address, use the hashtag Talking Tactics, and uh, we will get in contact with you that way. Have hope. Where can the people find you? To find your boy, of course, um, website is halfhopeofbullhot.com, and find me on Twitter, at halfhopehot. Indeed, I am at Daniel to look the third member who is bedridden. Mm. <laughs> it sounds kind of fun. Is Carl Anchor at Anchorman six one six? We are at Talking Tactics. Remember to leave those Apple Apple Podcast reviews. We'll read them if they're five stars only on the show next week. Uh, yeah, listen to the Talking Tactics special, Coup de Tet, the story of Zinedine Zidane of the World Cup. I'm gonna have to plug this a few more times over the course of the coming weeks. Thank you guys for listening. This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always food. la 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 la. Indeed. We'll see you guys next week. Stay black, stay black, stay black. Sports Social Podcast Network.